Welcome to Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel. Hello, everyone. This is Nikki with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I'm so happy that you are back with us on Living Within the Sweet Spot. I love having you all here with us today. You can do live streaming, and you can join us on Facebook on Fulfill Your Legacy Facebook page. I'll have the video um, posted there, but also go ahead and head to voiceamerica.com for those of you who are on Facebook and catch all of the back episodes. So, I'm happy you're here, like I said, and I am an author, a coach, and a speaker. I'm also the founder of Fulfill Your Legacy, where I help people deeply partner their life with God so they can clarify and define their God-given life purpose. I help them tap into the Trinity and all that offers so they can reach their goals higher than they ever dreamed possible. I like to lead people to a place where they're empowered by the work they do, the health they're in, and the relationships they have. Jesus said to them, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. That's Matthew 19, 26. So what I want you to know is that in this section of the book, we're in the last. So we're finally in the legacy designed for you. And this whole talk show has been based off my book. I'm so happy you've been on this journey and that it's been growing and growing and people from all different um, countries even listening to this. But it's coming to an end. What's going to happen when this is over, right? Well, I've got some feelers out. I actually have a poll on my blog that I have asking people, how should this go after this, this ends? But let's finish strong. This week then, we are talking about the legacy designed for you. And for me, it's the Jesus legacy. I almost titled the book, The Jesus Legacy. I was afraid that I wouldn't get some folks very much like you. I have hundreds of emails now that say, you know, I didn't even know what I was going to be getting into when I get, got on the show. And, and, and I started listening and I didn't buy into everything. And slowly each week, uh, things rang more true. And that's the way it works. And so the book is called Awaking the Living Legacy. But what is that living legacy? We learn throughout all these sections that the written word is living. And through the Holy Spirit, it comes to life in us. And slowly, our eyes are opened and we're awakened to all that the Trinity offers. And this is what I want for you. So I need to get you all onto the same page. And I know that new people come in every single week. We can see the numbers. So I want you to understand if you're jumping in, the book uh, is six parts. The very first part of the book is a section of the book where we really look at partnering our life with God. It's called I am his and he is mine. And that's where we really look at some of these verses and biblical truths that remind us of all that that there is from being um, in and with God and knowing that you are his and you're a chosen people. There's so much about that. So once you've gotten to that place, then we kind of go into this place in the book where we look at our imperfections. I'm a life coach. That's what I do. I do spiritual life coaching. And when we're looking at the imperfections that we have, we need to understand that 
we're living in the world if we're letting ourselves get hung up by those. And that Jesus has offered us a great place of freedom. And we don't need to live in these worldly um, places that trap us and hold us down. And we can understand that we're perfectly imperfect through Christ. And we're able to actually go out and do God's work better when we're whole. And we can we can feel that whole place and we can live in that whole place when we're with Christ. And so so that section is really important. But a lot of life coaches do what comes next. The next section is wise choices works. And this is where we really start to make plans. And we don't want you like in my old days when I helped people, I did the best I could and I had great intentions. I've always loved God and tried to help people, but I was also in a secular place. I was in a work setting where you know, I had to help them make goals, but I couldn't really speak that these need to be God partner goals. And, but now I am, and we have wise counsel and we have biblical truths that can give us direction on how to make wise goals, wise choices. And so instead of being a typical life coach where you sort of just jump into your planning and setting goals and reaching them, I really help you get to a right place with God first and then really get healthy on who you are so you're strong. And then we start making these God goals, God goals. Okay, so that's Wise Choices Works. And then the fourth part of the book is Mistakes Matter. And this is where we really uh, understand that we're going to be making some mistakes. That's life. We're human. We're sinful. It happens. As well as, you know, we're, we just don't have all the answers. But I really want you to do is tap into the Trinity because there's so much truth and wisdom there to be had places um, where we can be taken to new levels because of our imperfections where while we're making mistakes, we're really getting redirected there that as we're getting ready to step on shaky ground and we try something new, it's being firm right below our feet and we're getting redirected. We have the armor on, you know, these are the things that I want you to know as you're making those wise choices in the earlier chapters, you're setting your goals, but then you can go out fearlessly and courageously with God and, and know that you're going to make mistakes, but it's going to be okay. He's going to redirect you and help you. And then we get into this forgiveness fulfills, and that's really what we what we have so many people set back on. We can get ourselves to a really great place and we can be partnered with God, but we still don't have any control over what other people are doing to us and what other people are doing around us. And this can hold a lot of people back. You know, they're in great places, but the, the outside holds them back. And I want us to know how to uh, use God in a way that can free us from even the things other people are doing to us. And also, we have a sense of responsibility. We don't understand sometimes how uh, strong we are being held back because of things we've done to other people. And so we really need to get into that place. And then finally, finally, the legacy for you. So this is where we, there's God handcrafted you and designed you for a plan. And what is that? And, and to understand that Jesus came here with a plan. And, and we have so much in John 13, 14, 15, and 16 that helps us understand during this time in the Bible. And I love these books of the Bible, these chapters, because they help us understand really what Jesus came to do. I mean, he died for our life. And 
And, and he was on a mission to make sure that everybody knew this. And he did every, worked tirelessly to make sure that he could teach and love and serve and all these things. And when he left, he didn't want us left here alone. He gave us the Holy Spirit. Well, God did. Um, and he knew we needed the Holy Spirit here with us, helping us to finish this mission. Now, we all have different ways we do it. And I want you to stay tuned because when we come back, we're going to have Pastor Tim Breen, our guest on, who's going to really help us understand some of this text and all that really Jesus kind of left for us. And so so we're going to get into this a little deeper, but let's go ahead and let's look at some of these verses because in this last chapter of this last part of the book, what I do is I walk us through some main verses in John that I think really highlight the different sections of the book and give us some truth and clarity while moving forward. So I'm going to go ahead and head to that part of the book. And if you have it, many of you do, go ahead and open it up. And I'm going to tell you what page we're on. So I want you to go to page 235. But what I first want to talk about is all these if yous. You'll see that there's that throughout these this John section here, these verses that I really kind of or chapters that I highlight, there's a lot of if yous. And sometimes I have people that come to us and work with us that will say in me, they'll say it, that our faith seems so conditioned. And that we have to behave a certain way and act a certain way and believe a certain thing in order to get. And it's so funny to me because to me, it's, it's like the opposite. It's unconditional acceptance. It's um, one thing is faith. We need that. We need faith. But we're, 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 Jesus was here. He understands what it's like to be here in the flesh. And he knows that we've got these, these things that we're dealing with. So if you look at the if yous, there's, there's if you know me, there's if you love me, if you remain in me, if you keep me, you know, all these things that to me aren't ultimatums, they're, they're free will. We all have the free will. It's not just for some of us. Everybody has free will and free will by definition. If you get on the internet and you look up free will it's the power of acting without constraint. It's the power to, I'm going to read it here. It's the power of acting without constraint of necessity or fate. It's the ability to act in one's own discretion. And then it talks about some synonyms being self-determination, freedom of choice, autonomy, liberty, independence. What's really interesting is when you look at these words, these are words that sound really great. These are words that a lot of um, organizations and, and places encourage uh, their employees to have these. We teach our children to be independent, right? And we love that they have choices and we want them to make choices. But, but what's the difference here? The difference is that our free will comes from inside. And where's our, and to me, if we really think closely about where our heart is, um, this is what directs our free will. It's not, it's not, it's back in our hands. It's our decision whether we want to buy into this, whether we want to believe, whether we want to go into this. It's if you, you don't have to, it's if you. 
And it's a wonderful thing. And so let's look at some of these verses and let's see how they relate with the sections of the book. So we're down to about three, four minutes. I'm going to fly through some of them, but some of them I just can't pass up. So I'm going to look at 1 John 14, 1 and 4. So this is in the section, um, just kind of overall general, but do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. My father's house has many rooms. If that you were not so, would I have told you that I am going to there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. That's John 14, 1, 4. He's saying to the disciples that they, they have a place. We do. It's not, that isn't an if you. That's not the if you. The if you is where our heart is and if we're going to believe this and go. Okay, so look under assurance. You know, we really love knowing that there's this assurance that we are accepted in eternal life. It's not an ultimatum. So listen to this. So Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. So like I, John 16, 14, 6-7, 14, 6 you know, we, we know Jesus. We know God. We know the Holy Spirit. They're one. Okay, and then also Jesus tells us how we can get there. You know, remain in that love. That's how we can get there. And you can look at John 15, 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in love. This is our way. This is our way that we can get there. Also, John 16, 26 and 28. And in that day, you will ask in my name. In that day, you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from him. I came from the Father and eternal and entered the, the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. And that's John 16, 26. He's telling them. He's forewarning them that, you know, he's leaving, but we're all going to be together. In this section under perfectly imperfect, I love some of these verses that kind of give us truth and insight as to us knowing that um, this whole like self-love and all these examples and John 13, um, 12 through 17 is so great. And if you listen to this, then we when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who's been sent. Know that you know these things, and you will be blessed by doing them too. 
And so, you know, it doesn't matter how perfect or imperfect we are or what level we are. We've been called on a mission. I really want to get to all these. We are running out of time. Um, we're going to get to them in the next section when we bring back Pastor Tim Breen. We're going to get to them in the last section when we have our question and answer. So stay with me. We will get to this more and finally tap into what that legacy is that we're all being called to live on and carry out. All right, we'll see you after the break on Living Within the Sweet Spot. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work. Pushing ourselves to be a success, we go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks. Gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. I am so grateful you are back with us on Living Within the Sweet Spot. I am really honored and excited to be bringing in Pastor Tim Breen, who is my pastor. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let you share a little bit about yourself, Pastor Tim, where you're from, where your passion is. I have your whole bio attached next to us, but go ahead and share with everyone um, a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, and it's a joy to be here. Uh, I'm living in your sweet spot, and uh, I'm, I'm a listener, and I'm a friend, and it's just a, a great honor for me to be participating with you today. Uh, I serve as the lead pastor at First Reformed Church in Orange City, Iowa, uh, a little town in the northwest Iowa prairie of about 6,000 people, and our church here has about 350 families, and uh I do some preaching, I do some teaching, I do some leadership development. I'm uh, a native of West Michigan, and so uh, I really uh, count kind of both places as my home. I live like half my life in each place. But uh, I'm a preacher and a scholar and a counselor and a friend and do my best to use the gifts God has given me uh, to not only minister and shepherd to uh, the folks who are part of this congregation, this community, but here and there through through blogging and speaking to 
uh, have a wider uh, opportunity to share with people out, outside of this community too. Yeah, I think that's really good, and I'm glad you touched on a couple things that I want people to know. At the end of this, too, we're going to be posting, and I already have included handles on next to his bio, so please go there because his blog is there. Also, I have an iTunes um, spot for you to go listen to sermons, and so, yeah, I want you to get to that. But So today, now, thank you for that, Pastor Tim. So today, we are going to be really looking at I didn't even have time to get through it all, but the, the wonderful chapters, my favorite ones in John, where we learn, you know, what Jesus really was here to do, what's coming ahead, and what he sort of commissioned us to do, um, all that, and how it relates to some of the sections in the book and what they've been learning. There's thousands of people in here now that are, are learning along with us, and I want them to really feel like they have... They're full in on this decision. So this whole thing is, is really we're talking about the choice of this legacy. So the choice of where we're at. Okay, so my first question for you is just this whole idea of free will. You know, I kind of brought up in the beginning that a lot of people will try to, when they first work with me or talk with me, kind of elude that, that, that this faith thing is an ultimatum. And I want people to know it isn't. It's a, it's a huge blessing and a gift. We're all living here, and we get to, to choose how we act. So what's your stance? Help us understand what free will really is and how it relates to this topic today. It's a great question, and it's actually an ancient question, Nikki. People for generations, going back to those ancient Greeks, kind of puzzled on uh, this dilemma we do believe that God's got everything in God's hands, that God guides and directs, and, and we're never outside of God's control uh, and God's care. We also believe that our choices matter and that people should be uh, rewarded for doing good things and that they should be in some ways uh, corrected when they do bad things and that those choices that they make have real meaning and that they are not predetermined. So uh, the question uh, for philosophers has been, how does this work out? How, how can God be in control of things and, and we be in control of things? Uh, I don't presume that this is a, the time for a great philosophical debate. What's more important for us to think about is how God presents doors for us to walk through, how God does not uh, force our hands. God gives us real life choices and that we have opportunities through those choices um, to be blessed, and there, there are choices we can make which will kind of take us further outside of God's will as well. And Jesus is always kind of inviting us. He's always working with our motives and, and drawing us closer to the Spirit. There's a, a lot in this uh, chapter about the Trinity, but the Holy Spirit is prompting us and inviting us into the, the better way, the more important way. And I think that it's just really important for listeners to understand that, that these things are not all predetermined and you're not all the victim of your past or the victim of your genetics or that you, it's impossible for you to break out of patterns. It absolutely is. And God is always in the process of inviting us to become more like Jesus, uh, the Jesus we read about in places like John chapters uh, 13 through 16. And also the Jesus that the Holy Spirit is revealing to us day by day. Okay, so if then <laughs> um, free will, uh, you know, we 
if we own that, and, and I think most of us do, we understand that, you know, we, we have these choices and there's cause and effect from these, um, you know, where is, what is the benefit other than a more enjoyable life here? If our motive, you know, it, it, it sounds to me that it needs to be more your motive. And is it then to get to heaven? Is it then to, what is our um, reason for stepping in further into this faith walk then? Because everyone's got the same cause and effect worldly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that pastors like me are very clear that, that we want people to go to heaven. Uh, we do believe that the life that is laid out before of, uh, before us is longer than the 80 or 90 years that we have. That's a few of us, uh, much less than that. And so we have something to look forward to. But it's not simply a matter of cost-benefit analysis, that we, we simply do this because we want the, the payoff and walk in streets of gold or, or things like that. For us, uh, I think that there is a joy in being united to Jesus in sharing the same perspective that Jesus had on people in uh, understanding uh, the redemptive value of suffering in in proclaiming a hope for people who are lost and, and living out the kind of life that Jesus lived, regardless of what comes uh, after the fact. But the reality is that this is not just a matter of of us uh, doing things because Jesus did them. It's that Jesus has offered us a way into what pastors like me talk about is the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. That we do recognize in the end, uh, the good choices that we make and the ways that we minister to other people are uh, a preview of the way the world will ultimately be when God finally redeems things for good and in, in the end. So we are kind of like the movie previews. We are trying to live out what we know will ultimately be true in the end when God makes all sad things untrue, when all the, the hurts and, uh, and wounds are broken up. We make uh, choices today to say, I'm living like that's coming and that, that that will be the reality. So let's just start now. The Bible says that someday every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And uh, Christians are just trying to get a head start on that. We're jumping into that right away by giving lordship uh, of our lives over to Jesus in the, in the near term. Yeah, I mean, I love that you're, you say we're just getting a jump start on that. And, you know, and I, I keep trying to draw out, not, not really you, even of myself, um, you know, you and I have had talks before where, you know, when you step into your faith, when you give yourself to Christ, when you, whatever somebody wants to call it, you know, something happens where then now your mission is different. It, it's like all of a sudden, um, yeah, you still want to be a good person. You did before, you know, every, you know, everyone's for the most part, that's their desire, but now it's with a different, um, reason I don't know it's just so talk with us a little bit about that I mean you you might not um, have gotten there but like around page 241 and 242 is all these different verses on you know God saying you know how much he he wants us to love and serve Mm -hmm. and that's so instinctive then but you know what's this shift that kind of happens after we go all in and we make this choice to kind of really be be followers of Christ and believers yeah, both are uh, 
our priorities change and our purposes change. So uh, there, are, there are things in life that we're going to continue to do that we do have done before, but that they may be pale. They, they kind of fade away in terms of importance relative to what we find uh, that we enjoy doing and that God's calling us to do now. Uh, our priorities change. Everyone in life uh, wants many of the same things, but the value that we place on things and what we're willing to sacrifice in order to have those things can get recategorized and, and shuffled around. So uh, what, in other words, what drives us forward? What uh, actually makes us want to do the things that we do uh, changes? Again, we talked about motives already, but the condition of our heart changes so that we're less concerned about our personal comfort, um, our 401k, and we're more concerned about being a blessing to other people. And that's really the second part is, is the purpose. So the priority change and the purpose changes in that we want different outcomes. Um, we want to leave a legacy. And I just love that uh, the title of your book is um, Awaking the Living Legacy because many speakers and, and leaders right now talk about the difference between uh, resume values and eulogy values. You know, the resume values are things that you sort of use to promote yourself, and the eulogy values are things people say about you after you're gone. And so eulogy values are really, really important. But this should not be something that we're simply thinking about after we're gone. It is a living legacy. It is something that is in process. It's something that's growing. It's something that's flourishing and, and bearing fruit. Those are the purposes that we have in mind to really give away uh, our hearts, to give away uh, our joys to other people and to be wound up with Jesus together and all that. Yeah, that's really good. Um, if you, if somebody flat out said to you, well, what's the, Je the legacy you think Jesus left behind? In your mind, what, how would you kind of sum up this? I think that I would answer it in three ways, and I'll just say a sentence or two about each one. Uh, one of the first legacies is the legacy of Jesus' teachings, and that so much of um, the way that we organize um, our society today and the ways that we behave to one another in, in, in terms of our ethics, in terms of the way that we believe that people have uh, rights come from Jesus. Jesus called on us to, to sacrifice for one another, to love our enemies, to pray for people who persecute us, uh, to, to carry our crosses. So there is the, the legacy of what Jesus taught us to do, how he taught us to pray, the ways he taught us to interact. Then there's also the legacy about Jesus, which is what, what I would call the gospel. And that is that uh, salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given by which we must be saved. That's from Acts chapter 4. But here also Jesus talks about, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And that's a really countercultural message, Nikki, because lots of people want to have their own way or their own truth uh, to make their own life. Jesus doesn't say, I'm a possible way or, a, you know, one of several truths. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And, and we believe that ultimately if our, if our lives are going to have final purpose and if we are going to be right with God, it's going to be because of what Jesus uh, did. Not just what he taught us to do, but what he did for us. And I think the last legacy is just the way that the world has been changed as a result of Jesus' uh, life in this world. So things like hospitals uh, have been built and uh, 
poor people have been cared for and women have been given rights and children have been given rights because of the ministry of Jesus and the Christians who wanted to live in his pattern. So there's, again, the legacy of Jesus' teachings for us, the legacy of the gospel in which Jesus has done to deliver us, and then there's the legacy of the impact that this one man who lived 2,000 years ago uh, in Palestine has continued to have uh, on the world. And as, as believers, I think we're invited to, to relish all three of those aspects of, of his legacy. Yeah, I think that's really, really good. Um, so... If you sit here and think about, okay, for one, I want you to kind of write a book on those three things. I always want you to write a book. So, so, but anyway, thank you. That's really good. But if you sit here and think to yourself, okay, now these people listening, uh, I just looked at my numbers yesterday in China, China, we're really, this shouldn't be playing on speakers in downtown China, but in China, this is a very highly watched show. And so what's something that you want all of us young and old in every country to just sort of leave with a, you know, we're down to about three and a half minutes. So, you know, just what's written on your heart that you want to say. Right. Well, I think that the, one of the biggest takeaways uh, for me of this level of this chapter rather is how in our world today, and Nikki, you and I have talked about this, we're seeing this shift for tribalism and that people's identity is in a specific group and they tend to go along with their group um, very, very easily. Uh, they, they tend to want to affiliate with a certain political uh, movement or a social movement. They want to be connected more by in terms of their family. And I think it's a really big question as we think about choice and decisions when and how and why do you make brave choices that go counter to the people closest to you? When is it appropriate for you to say, I, I can't go along with that unthinkingly. I, I am called to something different, to something I believe is, is courageous and beautiful. And, and how do we do that? Um, I think that it is so important that people who are, faithful to Jesus, remember these incredible verses which you, which you included in here, which are about abiding in Him. Because we want to be connected to other networks, we want to be connected to other people, to other groups. We want to stay in the good graces of our Facebook friends. We want to stay you know, connected in the right way to our, our Twitter followers. But our ultimate place of abiding is in Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, apart from me, you can do nothing, which means apart from those other groups, you still can do amazing things. You just need to abide in Jesus. So there's probably people who are listening today who know that they have to swim upstream a little bit because there's some choice in their life they need to make. And it's going to be hard, and they know there's going to be blowback, and they might even lose friendships, lose relationships as a result, but they are called to abide in Jesus and choose to live in Him and bear fruit in Him rather than uh, just be going along with what their, their network goes with. Yeah, that's so good. And I really love all that too. And, and some of these things, I mean, we, we can really look at the fruits of the spirit. That's what you get out of it. And when, when so much of our world is trapped in the opposite of the fruits of the spirit, there isn't peace and there isn't, you know, self-control and there isn't all these beautiful gifts that we can have. And yeah, I just, um, 
I, I want us to leave with a little hope that, you know, we, we, we can do this world alone. We can, and we can be great people and try hard to be loving and kind. But I really want you connecting and going all in in your faith and believing with all your heart, making your screw-ups because you're in a sinful body, you're gonna, but no, your heart is in the right place. And when you're having cause and effect of this world and the decisions you're making, you're going to have those no matter what. But don't you also want then, if you're with God, all his help, all his blessings on top of all that world stuff? I do. I do. All righty, guys. So I want you to stay with us because when we come back, we have question answers. We've got two really awesome questions that we're going to go over and more if we have time. So we'll see you after the break on Living Within the Sweet Spot. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. This is Nikki again with Fulfill Your Legacy. I still have Pastor Tim Breen here with us today. I'm so delighted, and we are getting ready to do the question and answer portion of Living Within the Sweet Spot. So today we have two emails that I chose out of my big bunch, and I think they're just perfect for us. So let's go ahead and get started on these. I'm going to read them. I know that Pastor Tim's going to have some great input as well, but Adele uh, has um, sent in her email, and she's saying that um, I've been listening to the show from the beginning. I didn't know God until recently. It took me um, several weeks before a light went on, um, I am his, that's one of the first sections of the book, um, and it's so freeing. I am not free to do, let's see, I am not free to do whatever I want because I want more than what I want now. That's interesting. Okay, I get what she's saying. I do not want the things that I used to want. I do not depend on the things I used to depend on. I could go on and on. 
Um, the only thing I can say is now that I feel that I need to share this with the world too, I am convicted. Um, we cannot live the way the world lives anymore. I don't know if she means her family. Um, we need, or all of us probably, we need to do all we can to help others see the light and walk in it. What can I do? Or what do I now do is basically what she's wondering. So I, I say thank you to her and kind of give her cheers. I kind of wrote on my notes here, yay. Um, but I do know this gal. So she sent this in about three weeks ago, and I connected with her. And, yes, so I, this is happening to a lot of people all the time throughout the world. You know, this light goes on for us. And um, we just sort of get it. And, um, and then once we have it, it's like we know we need to – it's like what you spoke of in the last section, section where you just said, um, then, what, then we feel like we have to share it and we have to use it then, and our mission is different. And so, um, you know, I'm just really encouraging you to – and anyone in this place to get around like people that can help you. I had a group of women, a leadership collaborative through my church and that's Reformed Churches of America that really supported me on growing so that I could then help other women. Um, I have a church with Pastor Tim who you're looking at or listening to. Um, another pastor who's fabulous, Mark Haverdink, a team. Um, this is this is so important that you're around people that can help raise you up. Um, and then also colleagues, you know, if you're, she, I now know is in a place where she wants to um, have a side business of trying to help people along this way. And so if that's the case, get around people that know how to do it and are doing it and, and let them try to help give you input and take you with. But um, Pastor Tim, speak to it, you know, almost in, in terms of a, an average person that's kind of just new to their faith. You've seen this time and time again, you know, that they, they, all of a sudden their heart changes. Like we've been talking about, well, what do they do then? Well, I, let me offer two what I hope would be real practical suggestions. The first builds on the one that you mentioned, Nikki, and that is the relationship piece. When when Christians uh, come alive, as Adele describes happening in her life, or, or baby Christians begin to grow, we know that they can be targets for the enemy. And so it's really important to get into relationships, if it's in a small group Bible study or even an accountability over coffee with a more mature Christian. I'll tell you why. It's because as a young Christian, as a high value target, there will be days when you wonder if you're still a Christian. <laughs> you're going to be down on yourself. And, and even, you know, we talk about preaching the gospel to ourselves. It's important to remi remind yourself that you're saved by Jesus and nothing can change that. But you also need to have a friend who can help and remind you that you are who Jesus says you are and there's no going back. And so you won't, you won't kind of tend to want to go backwards, but keep growing in your faith uh, without a little recoil. So make sure you, you ask people and invite people to come into your life and say, you've got my permission to keep me going forward if you see me going backwards. So do that for me. I know in the future I'm going to regret saying this to you, but it's not less true than it is. Uh, it's not ever more true than it is right now. Make sure you hold me accountable. The second thing is, uh, is entirely different. But Christians are, are convinced that we uh, are made for a reason. We have a purpose and God has a cause for our lives. And it's always a joy to discover those in new ways. Uh, so one thing that we do here at First Reformed Church is we have a tool 
that we use. It's called Assess Me. And what the Assess Me tool does is it, it asks you a series of questions and then begins to understand how God has gifted you and the kinds of specific ways that you can be partnering with Jesus Christ for the sake of the kingdom that he is ushering into this world. We believe that not all Christians are good at all things. We, there is a whole lot of things that Nikki will tell you I stink at and I should not be doing. Me too. But there's some that I, they, exactly. There are some that we have to be doing because uh, the Bible talks, 1 Corinthians talks about the body needs the eye to be seeing. The body needs the ear to be hearing. And the body needs you, Adele, to be doing the things that God made Adele to do. And so use a tool like Assess Me uh, or another one that you can find online, and it, it'll, it'll look at you and kind of be a mirror to help you understand what you can do next in terms of sharing your faith and growing to be the person God has, uh, has called you to ultimately be. I love that. That's great advice, and I especially love it because the relationship with God is that whole first section of the book, I am his, he is mine, and the assess me is the whole second part of the book, which is where you figure out who you are in Christ and where your gifts and talents are. And on my website, too, there's a link, and it's free, and it, it puts you through the same assessment thing, one very similar. It's through a church. Um, so all that's great and awesome. I'm so, I want everyone to do it. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so let's get to the next question then. So we have Don here, and Don says, um, I have done so much wrong and I still do I get stuck in guilt from my past and I question my righteousness or hmm or event that I truly or even that I truly am a Christian I really like that this is um, something you just said in the last answer by the way um, I wouldn't be stuck um, and he doesn't want to be stuck in living guilt in guilty places in life. So let's help him a little because my heart just went out to him. Um, I think this is true too. I'm glad you mentioned it in the last um, response in that we all have these places where we sometimes feel this way. Uh, the only thing I'm going to talk about, because I really want to hear Pastor Tim's um, answer is that he used the word living and I, I wish I could, I tried to paraphrase it here, but um, you know, I don't want you living. It said living in guilt and I want you living in Christ. And it takes effort to kind of keep yourself in that place. It's human. You're made of flesh. It's going to happen where you bounce around a bit. But um, taking great effort to doing that, and it's a lot of what we, we've talked about, staying in the word. Um, you know, Pastor Tim had talked about a relationship with people that can help hold you accountable, but staying in that relationship with God, and how do you do that? You know, is it through music for you, or is it um, getting to a good church and all these different ways? But, um, you know, get your mind consumed when we have guilt and shame. I think those things just sort of replay in our mind about the bad things we've done. Hey, Jesus died once and for all, and, and so it's done. But it's us who choose to replay it, so don't. <laughs> mm -hmm. Philippians 4, 8, you know, whatever is true and right and noble and praiseworthy and excellent, think about those things, and it takes work. Um, but, yeah, pa Pastor Tim, what are you thinking? Mm. Well, I'm thinking a couple of things. Um, maybe we'd like to unpack a little bit of the difference between guilt and, and shame um, because you mentioned them together, and they tend to ride together a lot. Um, here's the thing with guilt, uh, Don, and it's something that I have to say to myself. I, I, I have those same feelings too, I, uh, feelings of guilt about my past, 
and, and here's the, the truth of it. It's a whole lot worse than I even know. I'm guilty of things I didn't even realize that I did. I, I, I make mistakes that I don't even appreciate until people tell me about it later. And I'm guessing there are thousands upon thousands of things that I do wrong. I don't even realize are wrong. But, but God knows are wrong. The, the truth of the gospel is that we're a whole lot guiltier in sin than we even thought we are. But that's only the first part of the gospel. The gospel also says we're way more loved than we ever dared imagine. That uh, all of the sin that we realize is just the tip of the iceberg, but all the grace we thought that we had is infinitely small compared to the reality of God's grace. God's grace is so much bigger. It's so much more uh, amazing, so much more wonderful, that unless you are taken aback and are stunned by it, you're really not doing it right. Grace is is way bigger than we ever even uh, can imagine. And just about the point where you think, yeah, I'm not that guilty, uh, or I, I probably do deserve this grace, it ceases to become grace. It's all about your works then. Grace knows exactly how guilty you are, Don. It knows you're probably guiltier than that. Uh, but uh, that there is nothing that grace cannot cover, submerge, bury, and completely take away. Now, in terms of the shame, shame is a little different. And I, I really think that, that shame has a lot to do with what we think other people think about us. It's a, it's a concern about our stance with other people and how they see us. And really, the Bible is really clear, uh, Romans chapter 1, that we are not ashamed of the gospel, that we are, in some sense, able to hold our heads high, again, not because we're boasting in the things we can get done, the things we can pull off, but we are glorying in Jesus. And so Christians are never arrogant. In fact, Christians are always circling back and remembering their sin, but they never stay there because they're pulled forward by grace into uh, putting those things in the past and living joyfully and expectantly about the future. Yeah, I really, I love everything you said. I think that's really good. And, and thinking about the difference, I can tell you with people that I've coached and they've come to me because they've done, you know, some in their mind horrible things. And, um, and there's this almost um, circle, hamster wheel thing where you, you feel, you know, you gave it to God, but it comes back and you're thinking on it again. So then it, then it snowballs. Then you feel bad because now you're thinking about it. So it's almost like you've got two things going on now and it just quickly does this. And so I, you're, you can correct me, but I often no. say this to people that I'm working with is guilt is not your friend. I don't mean that by any means, but what I'm saying is take the power. It's a, it's a, guilt and shame is not from God. It's from Satan. Get it right in your head. So when you're feeling guilt and shame, like take away the power of it because to you, you can use that as a quick indicator that, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm believing the enemy here right now. And, and it's your gift. Like quick, quickly just be like, oh, okay, wait, I'm back with Jesus. Get in the back seat, Satan, because no, I know the truth. I am redeemed. I know the truth. I've been saved, and it was the blood of Jesus that did this, and I'm not going to believe that and go there again. So, you know, kind of you're thinking on this snowball kind of thing. Well, yeah, we tend to revisit our sins. We have that uh, blooper reel, as I call it. The things we've done in the past, we just wish we could go back and do over again. We wish we had a second crack at that. 
but the reality is you don't. We don't get to go back in time. But the, the more important point is that in Jesus it doesn't matter. I was just telling the church staff the other day that in, in some sense grace is like showing up at the courthouse to pay your parking ticket and um, discovering that they have no record of it because it's been paid. It's been expunged from your record. And you keep trying to give money to the judge and judge, I can't accept it because there's no debt left to pay. There is no sin that needs to go punished. And so we need to, again, as best as we're able, keep speaking that truth to ourselves. There is nothing left for me to fix. And we'll continue to have memory of our sins until God releases us from those. But we do not need to feel renewed guilt about their sins. God has taken them, and the Bible says he throws our sins to the bottom of the sea. And uh, as far as the east is from the west, if God can't even get back to them, there's no reason for us to revisit them. Yes. Okay, we are down to one minute, but I have to bring it up because yep. it's, it's, I think, really important. Um, sometimes I find that if the person can go back and do their best to not correct but apologize or um, rectify as best they can in the worldly place um, for things that are haunting them that they've done in the past, that can really help us in that. It isn't so much that, oh, you didn't really ask to be forgiven and give it up to God. It's some of these extra things that are lingering around that if we fix those, then then everything falls into place and we don't keep having this hauntingness. Um, what's your thoughts real quick? You have to do it. I mean, that's one of the, the, the big asks of Christianity is to be uh, responsible for, you know, you're not responsible for your salvation or your ultimate forgiveness, but you are responsible to make it right when you hurt a brother or sister, to go to them and to ask them to tell you about the way that your actions impacted them, to make, tell them that you assume responsibility, and then to ask that, that they would forgive you uh, and that you can move forward into a new future so you don't keep those things like in the rearview mirror all the time. It's a, it's a big responsibility of Christians, but we're called to, to have that kind, of, um, that kind of unity, that kind of reconciliation uh, by, by being humble and honest about our mistakes in the past. That's awesome. All right, you guys. So I feel like this could have gone on another hour. I wish wish we'd had more time. Moving forward in the shows here on out, I'm going to be taking all these hundreds of questions and emails and getting them into question answer, bringing on a guest that is specific to a topic. We might take a topic of guilt and shame, really do some questions just on that with my guest. And they'll all reflect the book and things that have been in there and the new book that's coming out, Embracing the Loving Legacy. All right. So Pastor Tim, thank you for being with us. Mm -hmm. um, tell us how they can connect with you, your blog, if you could repeat it. Yeah, um, your iTunes is on your website. Say your website for the church, maybe. Yeah, well, the church website is www.frcoc.org. Uh, and I've taken uh, some of my more recent messages and I've turned them into a YouTube channel. So you can search for me on YouTube, T-S-B-R-E-E-N, find my channel there. And then I blog, uh, I started this website called Telos, and Telos is a, a word from the Greek, it's a biblical word that means purpose, or end game, or result, or outcome, and uh, telosblog.com, uh, uh, and you can read some of the things I've written there, 
and love to hear questions from people uh, by way of the blog, or you can find me on Twitter, T.S. Breen, Facebook, all the typical social media channels, and I'd love to get to know you better. All right, everyone, please go back, listen to these episodes, know that you are saved, that um, you're here loving and serving with a commission that's great, and it's from the great ones. So you just keep on, come back on Living Within the Sweet Spot next week. I can't wait to talk with you there. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Thank you for tuning into Living Within the Sweet Spot. Please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.